Margin Call, the podcast and editorial meeting for Queston Media. I'm your host, Russell Morse. Uh, greetings, everyone. There's a lot going on in the world. We'll, we'll do our best to cover everything, or at least the most important things. Our initial plan for the show tonight, uh, we're recording uh, on the evening of the Democratic presidential debate, which is, you know, I guess for those of you who watched it, it was, you know, a couple of old white guys arguing. <laughs> I guess that's that, not that new. It's, it's always been a couple a of old synopsis. guys. Grandfathers yeah. slugging it out. Yeah. But these guys were just really old and really bewildered. And I don't want to be ageist, so I'll, I'll leave my synopsis there. But obviously we can't uh, have a conversation about anything uh, today without acknowledging a global health crisis, which is the coronavirus, a conversation that we have not had on this show yet. Um, we've talked about many different ways to cover it, um, but we are planning to do another show, um, including people who can call in uh, from different parts of the world. Our correspondent Silvano has expressed interest in coming, uh, calling in from Germany to tell us what's going on in Europe from his perspective. But for tonight, we'll start under the guise of a conversation about the debate uh, and about uh, the contest for who will be running against um, our president, who will be representing the Democratic Party in the fall, which seems really far away and, dare I say it, irrelevant at this point, but it's actually not irrelevant. What's fall? Uh, yeah. What's fall? Yeah, fall is... <laughs> who can remember say, really? When the, remember when there were seasons? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're past that now. Um, even that is a, is a controversial statement. Uh, so let me start by welcoming our guests tonight. We are joined by uh, Travis Montez, who is on the show quite often, person that we love, who has been our consistent correspondent throughout uh, this nominating process, which is, I don't know, how, how long has it been? We've been trying to find somebody to run for president years, for 10 years. years. <laughs> Ten years. Uh, but Travis has been a consistent presence. And he's, he's kind of limping toward the finish line, and he's agreed to join us tonight. One of the for, Rings trilogy has happened. This... <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, and of course, Amelia Gonzalez, who is back in the fold. We welcome her back for this Hello. conversation. Always a pleasure to have her and with us as always. Our producer, our fearless leader, person who keeps us sounding good, Yiming Piancai. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having us. Always. <laughs> always. Oh, oh yeah. something did happen that I did see during the debate tonight. Biden said he is going to select a female VP if he's if he's the nominee. He that's did. He promised. He did. He did. Wow. Um, I, I suppose that's, that's a good place. That's a good place that's to start as any. I'll I'll come to you first, Travis, only because you've been our fearless correspondent this whole time. Uh, so it's only right that we give you first crack at whatever a synopsis might look like. Uh, oh. So let's just start with this question, because of of most of the people that we've had on the show i feel like you've been the most invested in this process even if you were frustrated you hung with it uh and before the show i asked you if you watched the debate tonight and you said no you said no i did not watch the debate tonight uh as someone who's been following up until this point uh what informed that decision not to tune in tonight i ultimately was like i don't care like it's going to be one of them and i don't want to know what they said that would make me even more concerned about voting for either of them. And I'm just tired. I'm so is this, is this a fatigue thing where you've yeah. been paying such close attention for so Buttered long? Out. That, yeah. Buttered out. 
Yeah. Done. Just uh, which one of you? And is that also informed by uh, the two people that we seem to have ended up with? A lot of people have expressed frustration just because we started yeah. with a huge field of candidates that were very diverse in many different ways. And then we ended up with two white men in, in their 70s. Yeah, uh, someone posted online that it's like we went to a really great restaurant, sat down, looked at the menu, saw the awesome choices and was like, no, I'll just have this bread. <laughs> And yeah, then, I mean, like, that's, we had some. That's a fair analogy. We had a, some great, a sad, diverse choices, and we are now choosing between the. Oh, Just, I mean, I think you know, you you sent me that tweet. I thought it was uh, a fine analogy, but I think that person was specifically talking about Biden, who obviously has a lot of momentum right now, and it would take essentially a miracle uh, for him not to be the nominee. Uh, although. Bernie Sanders is also a white man from the establishment who's quite old. You know, he is someone who had a lot of support among young people and someone who felt like uh, at least a progressive choice. Is your frustration informed by the fact that it's probably going to be Joe Biden no matter what? Or just like we, we've ended with these two and it's just like it's a coin toss at this point. You don't care either way. Both of those things. I think it's, it's both of those things is why it's so Yeah. Uh, well, I'm, I'm sure you're not alone. I think I felt like this about a year ago. <laughs> I've gone through a lot of waves. Um, but, you know, back in the days when we had 38 people on stage, I hung in there as long as I could, tuned out, <laughs> tuned back in. It, it's it's an exhausted process. It takes a lot of energy and commitment to, to hang with it. But I think it says a lot that you just uh, decided to skip out tonight. That's and fair. I think part of it for me is, isn't just that it's like, for me, Joe Biden ran the worst campaign. So I'm like sort of interested that like he's like he wow. It's really surprising that it's like came down to him. Well, the worst campaign? I mean, I you know, worst. there there were a lot of people on that stage, man. I, I I won't start naming names, but there were a lot of people. I mean, out of the actual choices. Okay, the actual choices. You can't remember the names, Russell. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not. I was gonna say Marianne Williamson, but I, you know, I don't like. Oh. I don't like singling her out fair. because I, I fair, got, fair. I, I got her book. The least and... memorable one of the bunch. She's <laughs> not. I don't think she is the least memorable. I think Tom. Yeah. I think Tom Steyer is even less memorable than her, yes. and he yeah. hung around I almost till the very him. end. Yeah, I forgot fair. him until you just fair. said his name. Yeah, I mean, she's <laughs> say what you say what you want about her. She's she's still memorable. You know what I mean? Because. Uh, yeah. She had an unusual vision for healing. Yeah. Which yeah, she's you know, still the spiritual advisor to Oprah. Okay. She didn't lose that spot. You know? <laughs> I mean, I, and I, I understand why she got a lot of ridicule, but like I said, I got her book and she's like a very smart, accomplished woman. And if she wasn't on stage running for president, you know, and saying those things, I'd be like, Hey, you know what? You're right. We should all be a little more centered. Uh, and maybe love is the answer. But unfortunately, it's not a drum circle. We're we're running for president. Love find a way. Yeah, love is a mystery. Love finds a way. So yeah, it's unfair that I single her out. But I I, I agree. In terms of people who are considered like serious front runners, if you're if you're looking at that crowd, uh, yeah, man. I mean, we we Uncle Uncle Joe was counted out. He forced gumped his way through. <laughs> he just kept showing up and then one day yeah. I was like oh hey you want to be president like, alright yeah. <laughs> sounds good yeah 
I mean, in, in some ways, it's like uh, there are a lot of different ways to evaluate this, but I think a lot of people would invoke like, you know, the, what we talk about, like white male privilege, where it's just like, <laughs> if you just kind of sh- keep showing up, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like mediocrity will be rewarded and eventually you just rise to the top, which seems to be what uh, has happened for just Joe. Just be there. Yeah. Just be, just show up, man. Just, or, or even just barely yeah. show up. <laughs> yeah. It, it is extremely disheartening. Um, although I, I will say I did watch the debate tonight. Um, I don't have anything interesting to share with you <laughs> about it, <laughs> except that, uh, you know, I, I was inspired by Bernie Sanders campaign four years ago. I think he I, I like that he inspired a lot of people. Uh, I think a lot of what he said resonated. I think his thoughts about the role of the federal government in income inequality and, you know, direction for the country, you know, it it resonated with me. I'm not like a Bernie person necessarily, but I thought, you know what, four years ago, I thought this is good. And this year, you know, he was definitely someone that I personally had in consideration, uh, not necessarily the top of the list, but tonight watching this debate, I was just like, and, and, you know, maybe this kind of recontextualizes things. We're obviously in a national crisis, a global crisis really, but we're talking about the president, a national crisis where we're looking for leadership. It'll be nice to hear someone who knows what they're talking about, who has a plan, who acknowledges the seriousness of the situation because our president is unable to do that. And I kind of just wasn't convinced by either of these guys. tonight. <laughs> you know, I, I really it was very dry. I, I don't know if that's because there was no audience um, or if it's just finally only the two of them. And you realize when there's only two, there's like not much to talk about anymore. Right. But. I definitely just got the sense that I was not calmed. You know, most of the debate or at least the first hour of it was uh, framed around a response to coronavirus. And neither of them really inspired a lot of confidence in me necessarily. And uh, and I also was not particularly impressed by Bernie. So I, I think generally in this debate at all, I thought his performance was pretty weak. So it is it's a tough time. It's a tough time for a lot of different reasons. But I want to come to you, Amelia, because uh i think you said that you wanted to come on the show you know because you like us and you want to be on the show but initially because we were going to have a conversation about um our democratic uh nominating process but a lot of things have changed since then so what what are your thoughts now has your attention shifted away um from the nominating process to more pressing issues or where (laughs) like what is what is yeah yeah what is where is your attention these days Well, you know, it's interesting because um, I'm really curious about the primaries that are coming up, I think, for did they already happen? No, I think they're coming up, right? For There's Ohio. another, su- yeah, Super Tuesday Part Three, I think is coming right, up. Which right, I, right, right, right. You know what? You can only have one Super Tuesday because after that, it's mm-hmm. just a Tuesday. But separate right. point. Go ahead. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. like super duper. Yeah. Um, but um, but I I'm wondering why they aren't going to postpone them. Because I think that's a huge, that's like a big, um, first of all, like, you know, health workers are working around the clock and, you know, many people are being encouraged to stay home. Um, you know, there are like so many things. And so the people who will probably go out to vote, I'm, this is an assumption, but I'm assuming those are the people with the best resources to take care of themselves. Right. Unless you're like a diehard, like this is, you know, I'm going to put my life on the line to vote, which I mean, 
that's encouraging. But yeah. I'm I'm just thinking like that's like a really I feel I feel like I don't know. I feel like that's not okay. So are you? I mean, like, you're saying that they you think they should consider postponing them? You think that I makes think more so. Sense? Yeah. yeah, I mean, you're not going to get an accurate turnout. Yeah, I mean, I, I I I have a few different considerations about that. One is like the obvious thing is the kind of precautions that people are supposed to be taking, right? Like, right. you know, the the CDC is already talking about like no gatherings over fifty people, right? Right. My, For like the my, next eight yeah. weeks. Yeah, my polling place every time I go there is just like a high school gym with right. you know, hundreds of people crammed into it. It's like if somebody right. could design an experiment for like a virus to travel as quickly as possible, <laughs> it would be my polling place, you know? For real. Yeah. Um so and there's there's that day. like immediate health concern, but then there's also I guess, I mean, is that precedent setting, right? Does that mean like mm-hmm. okay, we're going to postpone the democratic process for health reasons? How long does that postponement go? Who decides right. how long that postponement is? And who's to say, like, once November comes, it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's probably not safe uh, to have an election, oh, God. you know, as yeah, as your terrifying. as your president in the state of emergency. You know, I'm not oh, like God. being alarmist or anything, but I think those. Yeah, those are my two main concerns. On the one hand, yeah, you don't no, want to create a situation. Years ago, I would have heard you say that and I would have been like, that's ridiculous. I'm not concerned about that at all. But- <laughs> Today, yeah, I'm like, I, mean, oh, I yeah. think that is actually happening right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to become a paranoid person. I don't want to be like a conspiracy theorist or anything. But there is, I think, part of the reason people do want to have these nominating contests is to create that precedent that, like, y- you know, democracy, the show must go on, you know? Right, right, right. I mean, I get that. I just I worry about the outcome. And you're worried specifically about who can make it and who can't, like whose voices yeah. are being heard and whose aren't. Right. Yeah, that's true. Right. I mean, if you think right. about it, right, the people who are... And maybe all of Bernie's supporters will come out because they're all, you know, 24-year-olds. Yeah. Well, that's legitimate, kidding, right? Like the people, <laughs> many of them are, and there's nothing wrong with 24-year-olds. Yeah, sure. Including uh, myself. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, people who are over 55 are supposed to be taking right. additional precautions because they're at risk. Those are the people who actually vote. Right. You know? I mean, if you, really right. look at, you look at turnout numbers right. uh, and they're a huge part of the electorate and it's a group of people that should be heard. Right. So what would you be asking people who are at specific risk to come out? Right. If you're older, obviously, I mean, I'm not even mentioning people who have like a respiratory ailment or, you know, diabetes or autoimmune disorder or whatever. Um, yeah. I mean, I it's. These are, you know, I think people have used the word unprecedented before. Like, this is unprecedented. You know, right. I've, I've talked right. to a lot of people in my life who are like, you know, but seen a lot of things. People in their 80s and they're like, nope, nothing like this ever before. And we look at recorded history. Uh, you know, I mean, we would talk about the, you know, Spanish flu from. Uh, I almost said Spanish fly, by the way. Does anybody remember <laughs> Spanish fly? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Spanish fly was a different, a different sort of crisis. Oh my gosh. Um, but no, Spanish flu after World War One, of course. So it is, it's unprecedented. There's no, uh, you know, I, I obviously work uh, in criminal justice. I work for a public defender's office and there are a lot of questions and like there are in many workplaces about like, uh, you know, if you're a pharmacist, for instance, or if you're uh, providing 
necessary relief, but it's also not safe for you to go to your workplace. What does that mean? You know, if there are people who are in jail waiting to go to trial and you can't have jury trials, what does that mean for that person's right to a speedy trial or whatever? There's just like a no matter what um, line of work you're in, a million questions like this come up and there are no answers because it's a completely unprecedented situation. So what does that mean for our democracy? I don't know. I hope that the word unprecedented isn't still being used in November. Um, oh, <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to put that out there. I just, you know, no, no, sorry, that was my genuine oh, reaction. Yeah. No, I think you know it's interesting because my mom is a nurse at San Francisco General, so you know, San Francisco. Did I share that already? Uh, I did know that. I mean, we've talked about it before because my mom is also a nurse in San Francisco. Oh. Um, I didn't know that she was at the general, as my mom called yeah, it. She's yeah. at the general, and they have or they Zuckerberg. Have, uh, I'm sorry, I should be I should be calling it Zuckerberg. Oh, that's so gross. Yeah. No, um, the general. Did but, you guys um, know that that, that Mark Zuckerberg no, gave a bunch of money to San Francisco General Hospital, and they changed the name temporarily? Okay, right. I, 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 you know, it's it, we, we, there are a lot of. Okay. Yeah, there are a lot of Bay Area people here, but I, you know, Travis, I wasn't sure if you knew that our general hospital was the Zuckerberg <laughs> Memorial or whatever, you know, I guess it wouldn't be Memorial because he's not dead, but uh, yeah, Zuckerberg Hospital. Anyway, you're talking about your mom, uh, who is a nurse <laughs> at the general, Amelia. You, have you talked to her about this? Yes. So they have a positive case mm-hmm. and um, she works in labor and delivery. So they're like, you know, discussing, but they only have like a hundred, a little over a hundred tests, tests. <laughs> test kits. Yeah, yeah. And um so you know definitely no one's uh, supporting but um but she's so funny. So we have like a family group text with my sisters and my mom mm-hmm. and she sent us this like meme that um was hilarious, the most risque thing I think she's ever sent us. And um it's of anyway, it's like really funny but it's like schools closing, events canceled, meanwhile healthcare workers be like we ride at dawn bitches. <laughs> <laughs> It's like nice way to go mom big bird bird on like a horse or something yeah yes it was hilarious but i think i i just feel like um you know even like new york city i think as of today all new york city public schools are closed until until like the like 20 i think the 23rd yeah or or something something i thought it was i remembered that it was 420 for some reason Oh, no, you're right. It is. Because someone texted me that. Yep. Um, I wonder if that means that kids have to go back on 420 or if it's like through 420, because there's a significant percentage of the high school population that that would like make a big difference for them. You know what I mean? (laughs) Wait, hold on. Or it it would not. Or it won't make a difference. Or it will not make. Wait, so, so where you are, the schools are only closed for a week? No, no, no. April 20th. April 20th. Oh, April 20th? Yeah. You're right. April 20th. Never mind. I got so wrong. And that, I think, like everything else, is just like, and and they'll evaluate it as time goes on. But of course, that raises a whole range of other questions about what parents are going to do. Right. uh, You know, if they're still expected to go to work, which most people are, many people are. uh, Yeah, big. That's uh, to use to use a word that gets thrown around a lot. Huge. It's a huge, a huge mess. Well, and it's interesting, too, because if you look at like the John Hopkins rates that are coming out, like um, at first, everyone was like really concerned about like Japan and like all these other things. Japan have kept their numbers so effing low. I was like, 
that's amazing. Yeah. I think I'm going to move there. Because <laughs> they're like so paranoid that like day one it came out, they were like, no one leave your home. And like, it's like and everybody was like, all right. They were like, cool. And mm. now they're still in, they're not even, they haven't even hit the thousands. And we're out here like, we were supposed to be being tested in January. Trump was like, <laughs> let's not have this affect my re-election numbers. And What's now, the test? Yeah. Now, Why would you test? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now everyone has the coronavirus. Yeah. In the US. Well, the, the meme that a friend told me was, uh, it said coronavirus tips, stay indoors, share memes, avoid human contact. Basically, just keep doing the same thing you've done for the last decade. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like social distancing comes naturally to uh, a lot of people. I am in introvert heaven. I'm like, oh. (laughs) Thank God. No more small talk. What a gift. Everything. (laughs) Canceled, canceled, canceled. Oh. Yeah. I know. I was supposed to go to something tonight and I was like, I can't make it. I sneezed. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, sneezing arouses a different kind of response than it used to. I noticed this in my office last week. The the last day that we worked without setting up a remote option for people was on Friday. And there still weren't that many people there. But, you know, when you work in a situation like that, usually somebody sneezes, you know, everybody's like, oh, bless you, bless you. You know, it's like a little cute social thing that everybody does. Oh, bless you. Oh, And then uh, on Friday, somebody was working at her desk and she sneezed. Like nobody said bless you. Everybody just froze. Just let the silence ring out, you know, the echoes of her sneeze. How dare you? You, The nerve, the nerve of this woman sneezing. (laughs) Who does she think she is? Yeah. 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 Um, Yes. A lot of questions have been raised. Um, I I do think it's hard to to ask a populace at this time, because this is not the first time that we've encountered like a very serious crisis right in an election year. Obviously. Um, in 2008, we had the economic crisis, which was a very different type of crisis, obviously, with, you know, different potential consequences. But it was still a situation where, you know, people were terrified, right? People were scared. People were looking for leadership. And that informed that election in a lot of ways. You know, that was uh, Obama and McCain. And McCain had already, you know, his credentials mostly had to do with foreign policies, a very hawkish guy known as a military person for his service in Vietnam. And, you know, uh, we were still kind of in the shadow of 9-11 at the time. And he thought, much like Rudy Giuliani, that he could kind of ride that uh, into a nomination, which he did. And in the process, whenever he would get a question, this is before the economic crisis started, um, because he was nominated before the economic crisis started. Uh, he would get an economic question and say, hey, listen, you know, I'm not like a big economic guy. Uh, I'll just make sure to have the right people around me. I, I don't have an answer for your you know, economic policy question. And nobody really objected to it because at the time the economy was reasonably strong. But as soon as this crisis emerged, um, a, a lot of people and, you know, there's a lot of data that supports this who were, quote, undecided, whoever those people are, uh, shifted away from McCain to Obama because Obama, you know, was pretty well-versed and able to talk about economic policy. Um, and that really shaped that election. I, this is partly how I watched the debate tonight was like, well, let's, let's see an alternative. We've, we've seen what a failure of leadership in crisis looks like. Let's 
have somebody on this stage uh, step up and show the kind of like confidence um, and like planning that everybody's looking for. And neither of them really did, which I think gives you or at least gave me uh, a level of exasperation that kind of, you know, I'm not really prone to anxiety. I don't think I'm having the level of anxiety that most people are or probably should right now. But even still, I watched and I was like, Jesus, man, <laughs> like maybe I'll just become a libertarian and be like, maybe we just don't need a federal government. <laughs> like, I'm tired of looking for somebody to make me feel better about my situation. I'm just going to go to the church. They'll help me or whatever, you know, <laughs> must be something. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, are you looking for the same thing, Travis, when you are like I, it, it, it changes the tenor of the election, does it not? Yeah, I just feel like we ended up with, like, not super great options, right? And so these were never the guys that were going to be specific or inspiring around those points. Um, but interesting from your example, I do feel, and maybe it's just because I've been in an awful relationship with the current president, right? And so, but I do feel like they would surround themselves with people who would step up to the plate. Like, yeah. I feel like the two of them would seek the best, whereas we see right now someone who is surrounded by people who also don't know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. There's no one to really ask. And he wouldn't listen to them even if there were. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's, I'm certainly not making an argument that I watched the debate tonight and I was like, ah, who cares? Even if, you know, tr Trump could get reelected, there'd be no difference. Um, but I think I was just looking for, like, a level of assurance. And maybe that's too much to ask. Yeah. No, my bar, I'm just saying... My bar is so low now that like I don't, I'm like, ooh, that's a really great thought that you had there. I don't care. Anymore. Yeah. <laughs> My bar has been lowered. I think it I think the bar has been lowered for all of us, unfortunately. Yeah, you were like happy that there was thinking involved. Yeah. Oh, you did think for a moment. Yeah, I mean, even um Oh my gosh, I was gonna say something and I completely forgot. Oh, one thing, though, that I do want to bring up that I have been kind of nervous about is um, I have seen Joe Biden saying, like, you know, he's going to bring it back to how it used to be, like normal. And right. I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, oh, nope. <laughs> yeah, well, that's been that's been. You know, depending on how you feel about it, that's part of Joe Biden's popularity, right? right? right is that right. he had like a very singular message. He was like, listen, you guys remember Obama? He was pretty cool, right? You know, like, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to take us back to those days, um, which without is Without all the razzle dazzle. Yeah, without all the razzle dazzle. Let's just have the Obama era without any like inspiration. <laughs> just kind of like put it on autopilot. Post. Yeah, that's which I think, post. and that was the, that was kind of the defining division. I think still is the defining division within the Democratic Party is that some people are like, yes, we just need a standard bearer. We want someone who's boring. Uh, and most other people are saying, no, this is our opportunity to be a new party, to announce ourselves, and to be more progressive than we have been before. Those are kind of the, the Bernie Sanders people and the Elizabeth Warren people. Um, right. But it, in, in some ways, it has a self-contained logic that seems to be working. And, you know, I thought that soon after, you know, after the 2016 election, it was very difficult for me as a as a voter to be like, I, I was not thrilled about uh, Hillary Clinton's nomination. And for the same reason that I'm not that excited about Joe Biden, you know, I was just like, oh, a status quo person. 
Right. You know, like that's not very interesting to me. But then, of course, right after the 2016 election, I was like, "Ooh, the status quo sounds great. <laughs> like <laughs> whatever happened to that status quo? You know what I mean? Let's get let's get Hillary back out here for some status quo. And I think Joe Biden recognized that. And I think a lot of people agree, which is, yeah. you know, it's like it's hard to heap criticism on him. Although, well, it's not true. It's easy to heap criticism on him. But for me, I understand his position and I also understand why it's been so successful. It's just kind of like a very microscopic version of make America great again. Like Trump was saying, like, make America great again. Like, let's go back to like pre-civil rights, kind of, you know, make America great again. Yeah. And then Joe Biden is kind of like make America great again. Uh, you know, let's go back to you know 2010 or whatever, you know, whatever, you know, let's, uh, and either one, obviously, if I had to choose one, I would prefer 2010 to, you know, 2010 to, to 1950. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But I think anytime someone's looking backwards like that, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's misguided, yeah. right? Like we, we have a lot of 2020 hindsight and I, you know, as much as I, I did like Obama as a president and I thought that was overall a good time in our country's history. There's still a lot of stuff there that's problematic and I don't want to be overly romantic uh, about it. You know, I mean, especially now that everybody cares about immigration policy, you know, Obama wasn't great for uh, immigration policy. I think a lot of people would make that argument. And, you know, there was a lot, there were, there were a lot of drone strikes, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Anybody can like kind of list off the things. I'm not bringing it out to say like, Oh, Obama was whack. I just mean, Anytime someone's I mean, looking back, 2010 was yeah. a long time ago. Like, yeah. if you looked at a television show from 2010, you'd go, "Ooh, we were like that back then." Yeah, like we said those things <laughs> back then. Yeah, um, the world so has yeah, changed. 2010 wasn't 2010 wasn't great for everyone. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So I, which is why I have a similar response to like Joe Biden's kind of one note message of like, "Hey, man, let's go back to the good old days." I'm like, "Listen, man, there never was anything right. as as a good." such a thing as the good old days right. anybody who tells you otherwise is lying yeah you know i also feel like the whole you know like the my vice president is gonna be a woman is like you know similar i don't know it's like very like uh token 2010 yeah, it's, it's, it's so 2010 like, yeah. it's like <laughs> it's like where it. we have sexual harassment policies but we could be handy. Right. yeah <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, I thought I am curious to get your thoughts on that because that really was, I think, Eming pointed this out, the major takeaway, if there even is a takeaway from the debate tonight, uh, that Biden did announce that he would choose a uh, female running. I feel mate. like Kamala Harris like called him after. <laughs> <laughs> well, she probably called him weeks ago. Yeah, you know, after after Super Tuesday, I was like, hey, listen, man, right. <laughs> or I guess before when she gave her endorsement, I think was. Before yeah. Super Tuesday, but still, she's probably like, "Hey, listen, yeah. if like, you go on, yeah. yeah, yeah." But I, uh, it doesn't it feel, it doesn't feel organic. It's not the kind of thing. Like oh, if there no. were, if there were a studio audience there, it's not like people would be like, "Yeah," and like stand up and cheer. Right. They would be like, "Oh, okay, uh, cool." <laughs> you know, it's like a very, very sad concession prize, especially for a lot of people who throughout the election were 
uh, Elizabeth Warren supporters or even people who are Kamala Harris yeah. supporters. Right. And also, yeah. might, might I add, and this was a lot of criticism that oh was God, put on Hillary Clinton at the time. Amy Klobuchar. Oh my God. <laughs> oh God, no. Sorry, sorry. Well, that's my that's point. That's who he's going like, to pick. That's who he's going to pick. I am it's going to be her. That's who he's going to pick. It's going to be Klobuchar. Yeah, it's going to be her. It'll be her. It'll be her. Nope. Yeah, she's folksy, folksy, Midwestern. Yeah. It'll be <laughs> well, that I mean, that kind of illuminates the problem, right? Like, it's not just like any woman is going to be the person that you want right. in the White House, right? Like, it's, it should still be an informed decision. This was the criticism a lot of people had of uh, even progressive people of Hillary Clinton, which is like, yes, we should have a female president. But just because you're a woman doesn't mean that you should be right. president. Right. I think the way the way that he announced that has the same feeling where he's going to be like, it's just going to be any old lady. You know, I'm gonna right. I'm gonna get a, a dame up there, and she's gonna show she's gonna show us how it's done, yeah. uh, right. which seems like maybe you're not thinking about this very carefully, and and it just and it rang It's false. not like a woman hasn't run for vice president, right? Like, yeah, that's not right. a radical right. thing. Yeah. Sarah Palin, down, like, hello, yeah, was forget. a woman, yes, yes. <laughs> well, you know, speaking of Sarah Palin, please, I don't know, I don't know if anybody here, no, no. Guys, no, it's, I know it's not, I it's not going in the there. direction that you think it's going. I promise you. I do you. not. <laughs> you do? All right. I don't know if anybody here or if any of our listeners watch the show Masked Singer. Do any of you guys watch yeah. Masked Singer? <laughs> it's the sign of the apocalypse. It is the sign of Wait. the apocalypse. Eming, are you saying, yes. are you saying that, yes. you, that, that you knew what I was going to say? That you knew that's what I was going to say? Oh, yes. okay. Well, for those who don't know in our listening audience, because not everybody watches The Masked Singer, The Masked Singer, I'll give a very quick primer, is a competition singing game show where celebrities, and you can define celebrity however you want, uh, wear elaborate costumes, they sing for an audience, and they get voted off one by one, right? Not most I of them. Like elaborate, I feel like <laughs> elaborate costumes is even an understatement. <laughs> it's like bigger than elaborate just it's way bigger than that absurd cartoonish uh you, costume like yeah like someone who works in an amusement park mm. playing goofy <laughs> but with sequins all over the yes. face like it's like that uh kind of and costume. the kind of people who have who have been unmasked on the show sometimes it is impressive i mean Lil wayne was a contestant and they sing you leaving i out said the it's a face. singing contest they sing they sing in these costumes all right i'm so glad that you're here travis i, I was afraid and i guess maybe you uh a million uh-uh. and eming maybe you guys <laughs> are watching the show as well i i didn't want to be the Some only time. person who was explaining what the mass singer is okay now that we've described what the mass singer is let me say the most recent was it the most recent unmasking it's the most recent one i saw i haven't seen if there's an episode since yeah. then, but yeah. Yep, yep, recent yep. unmasking was sarah palin which in some ways is not hugely surprising right because she is a person who i you know was didn't they she wanted to have her own reality show about her family after she lost the presidency like you know she she never had a huge amount of let's say dignity to begin with but her song selection travis should would you would you like to share her song selection baby god <laughs> yes. no. i shit you sir, not sir i mix shit a lot. you not baby got back and she really gave it her all man i mean she she's not a singer and she's not a dancer oh, no. but 
She gets an nope. A for effort from me because she was all over that stage. She knew every word of that song. She's got moxie. Yes, moxie. That's She's the word moxie. I was looking for. She's got moxie. And I mean, the best part of it, I, and I encourage anyone who hasn't seen this, please look it up on YouTube, the video of her unmasking. Usually when someone is unmasked, they perform their song again without a mask, right? That was my favorite part of that episode because... That's the that's, part. That's yeah, the performance. Yes, that's the one everyone needs to see because she performs Sir Mix-a-Lot, Baby Got Back, once again, oh with God. the mask off. Uh, and there were so many li- like lines that I rewound, watched again, took video of to yeah. send to people. Um, that's when I knew the world was coming. It, it, it felt apocalyptic. It did. I, and I don't know what I'm your like, favorite oh, line was, but yeah. she, she also got, she kind of like adopted what she thought the persona of Sir Mix-a-Lot would be because there's one point where she's like, oh, I right. ain't down with that. Oh. Do you remember when she said that? <laughs> she was, yeah, was yeah. like, yeah. really? I mean, borderline offensive, and and maybe I don't even need to use the word borderline. Like she so, was. If you could perf- if you could perform in blackface without <laughs> yes. blackface. Okay, there we go. <laughs> yes. She. She shucked yes, and she died. She was shucking and jiving. It was a sight to behold. Did, did either of you it. see this? I saw it, but I didn't watch it. I saw. Yeah, I saw Chris on Instagram, and yeah. I just. It's too overwhelmed by yeah, it, it's just, the current just epidemic much, yeah. that I could that's not just, deal with her. No, thank you. Action. Yeah. I was like, you know, actually, yes. have, you seen, yes. have you guys seen Avenue 5, the new show? Okay. Yes. I think thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Right that is now. very. <laughs> All right. Okay. Oh now, God. Amelia, Damn please explain. I haven't seen Avenue 5. Tell me a little bit about the show and how it relates true. to our episode. I've never seen Aiming so Literally, Everything that's happening right now is like the show. So basically, the show is like in the future. They're on, they like can travel in space. Like it's almost like a cruise ship, but in space on a mm-hmm. spaceship. And then like a malfunction happens. The dude who's like really running the whole thing like dies in space. But it's like a comedy. It's not like it's not dark or anything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it's really, really well done. You know the guy from House, the main guy from House. Yeah, of course. He he plays like a main character. Okay. So of course it's really good. Mm-hmm. And um and they're so like basically they're like not going to be able to get home for like three years when they just have like enough stuff for like the next like I don't know five months or something. Anyway, so they like go through all this stuff and, you know, like, for example, in like the like the bar or whatever, where they have like their like, it's almost like a cruise ship where you have like the comedian who does like the shows. Like, I just keep thinking about this one scene where he's like doing this like comedy sketch and like no one's even there because everyone's just like freaking out and stuff. And like the people who are there are just so down about like feeling like they're going to die anytime. So he's like making these jokes, but like no one's laughing. (laughs) <laughs> like everyone's just waiting for like imminent death basically so I and, like, and you think that's the situation we're in now i mean i like yeah and my sister was at like a restaurant tonight and she like her and one other person of course like no one else was there but there was like this she said there was this uh, artist performing who was like doing it as if it was like a full like show and like in between songs would be like this song is you know about this part of my life and like blah 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 but like, of course, like there's no audience, and I just was like, "Wow, that's like this TV show." <laughs> yeah, if that makes sense, I hope that makes sense. It, it totally makes sense. Ime, yeah. I, I, I second 
Travis's observation that I haven't seen you this excited in a long time. It's, is this a show that you love or this is a comparison that, you, that I like resonates? It's interesting yeah. and it's different and it's like dark and funny. It's, just, it's, a, it's, it's a good combo of, of a lot of different things. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's a very good comparison to what's currently happening because like everything in that show is like fluctuating. Like they don't really know if they're ever going to get home right now. <laughs> and is this year actually going to end any better? I don't know. So I think it's, it, yeah, it works. <laughs> yeah. Well, Amelia, your example of the, of the person singing in the restaurant uh, for an audience of one kind of reminds me of uh, the, the old observation from the Titanic where like, as the ship is going down, you know, the, the string quartet is still out, you know, playing. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> is that, is that a good, accurate comparison i yeah. i'll out myself right now as a person who's never seen the movie titanic but from what You've from what i understand titanic? there's a scene in the movie titanic of this how do, you, that how do you live this long and not seen titanic how have you not seen titanic listen man it's it's like the 40 year old virgin okay it at first it didn't happen and then it just really didn't happen and it's now like it really hasn't Potter happened all over again like <laughs> you know what i mean this long. Like, i don't I know. Well, I mean, if you must know, I was living in institutions for a few years in the late 90s and we didn't have access to all the latest films. Okay, so there are a lot of things that came out in 97, 98 and 99 that I just didn't have access to. It took me a while to track down Goodwill Hunting. For instance. Russell, now you're on the Upper West Side. That's true. I got to catch up. <laughs> Well, I knew that it was going to be controversial when I said I hadn't seen Titanic. So there you have it. Although, you know, I'll, I'll find time now that I'm just going to be laid up in my house all day to set right. aside three or oh. four hours or however long that movie is. Uh, but I'll tell you this. I, I do know how it ends. <laughs> that much I know. <laughs> so don't worry. Don't, don't worry about yeah. any spoilers there. No yeah, surprises. No, no surprises. surprises. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Apparently. The she was floating thing? on, you know, a piece of debris, which arguably would have, would have had enough room for him. Right. Is that not part of the ongoing debate about yeah. Titanic? All right. Thanks for tuning in to Margin Call, everybody. We're still talking about the Titanic, which came out the Titanic, which came out 21 years ago. All of that. Eming, in a little bit of uh, crossover action, I have to ask you what uh, Geek Force. Geek Force, of course, is our sister podcast. Uh, how are you? How are you guys planning to talk about popular culture in the age of the apocalypse? Now that, now that basically we're doing that on our show. I think we have scheduled as at least for one section we're going to discuss what we're binge watching as we're stuck at home. <laughs> I think that's something we're, we're going to talk about. Um, I don't know. I, we haven't really talked about it, but I think that was something we sort of floated in there. Right. Well, I think I'm going to steal one idea from Geek Force. And before we get out of here, I am very curious what everybody is binge watching while they are social distancing. Uh, and uh, I'll start with you, Travis. What are you, how are you passing your time in the house? I just started tonight, Ray Dawn. Oh, okay. Because I've never seen it. How far in are you? I'm like on episode. All right. Oh, okay. People love that show. It's good, right? It is ridiculous in the best good. way. Good. And it's passing the time. And you must have, I don't know, how many seasons have they had already? Three? Something like that? It's like Oh, seven. my goodness. Oh, yeah. You're, you're set. You're set for set. a while, at least. <laughs> um, all right. What about you, Eming? What are you watching? Uh, I've been watching Star Trek Voyager. Oh, going back to some of the classics, huh? Yeah. 
Nice. Not a not next generation. I was. I I hop around. <laughs> okay. All right. That's a, for, for those who don't know. For our listeners, there are you know, Eming is consistently surprised by my like gaps in my geek knowledge, and then like little areas of geek knowledge that I have and keep secret. I'm just secret surprised you haven't seen. Titanic, like that's the part I just can't get over that right now. That's where I'm stuck. Well, I don't think that that's just like a cultural phenomenon. You don't have to be a geek to watch Titanic, but like I do know some things about Star Trek Next Generation. You know, okay. If you yes. if you so. get a chance, you should watch the new one on a CBS, uh, uh, whatever it's called, CBS Online or CBS whatever app that is. It's really good. The 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 Jean Luc Picard show. It's really good. Oh yeah, I heard about that. You've been watching. Yeah, yeah, I think I. Yeah, you guys talked about that on Geek Force, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really good. Nice, nice. All right, Amelia, you're up. What are you? Uh, what have you been watching? What are you going to do? You know, for this to pass the time in the apocalypse. Well, I have to go to work tomorrow. But... Ooh, exciting! Oh, don't do it. Don't. <laughs> it. I know. I'm like, do I take a sick day? I like sneeze today, you guys. Um, <laughs> No. <laughs> okay, so I've been watching High Maintenance. Nice. And Avenue 5. Nice. And nice. I just feel so refreshed. Also, I feel like High Maintenance is hiring every single actor that has ever existed in New York. Because I'm seeing like all my friends from high school on it, and I'm like, the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, y'all are working? <laughs> y'all are getting hired? And then I just think High Maintenance is employing locally. Mm. So. Because yeah. a lot of people I'm seeing I don't recognize, which is amazing. Besides the people that I know, which is kind of weird, but very Tra la la. I guess you know a lot of actors then, huh? Well, I didn't know that they were acting still. Oh. Honestly. <laughs> and I was like, oh wow, high maintenance yeah. is really employing locally. <laughs> uh maybe that's why it looks so authentic. Yes. Right? It does. It, it really does look authentic. Does. I think everyone yeah. actually lives. <laughs> yeah. like on the block yeah like, yeah, yeah, like even like, if you don't know the person you're like ah, i've seen that person yeah, i've seen that like, person right. around like i'm yeah. like wait isn't that his bodega yeah. <laughs> and then but one was like what did i see recently i saw some show was it on was it on that show i don't know but someone someone pet like a bodega cat and i was like oh no they are definitely not made by new yorkers yeah. That's how coronavirus started. Somebody pet a bodega cat. Yeah. <laughs> we're all cursed for years. <laughs> I was like, the person who made this is not from New York. Because they would yeah. not have been like, oh, yeah, New Yorker would definitely pet a bodega cat. <laughs> no, nah, man. You got to no. steer clear of those guys, man. They, they yeah. have an important role, and I have a tremendous amount of respect for them. But yeah. we're, we're not cuddling. Yes, definitely yeah. not. <laughs> they feel like someone's always watching. Yes. <laughs> all right uh i want to thank both of you for being here and keeping it light in spite of the circumstances it makes me feel better it also helps with my social distancing because here i am socializing i feel like my social batteries are being charged just hanging out with you uh i want to thank you again eming for being patient and getting it done tonight it's it's hard to wrestle a crew to the ground and keep us on topic and I, I respect that <laughs> yeah wrestle i think that's the right yeah okay well you know <laughs> what can i say i exaggerate Cannot or else. <laughs> yeah yes uh and we will be doing a uh coronavirus episode in the near future for our listeners international uh, and episode. we're expecting 
we're yes, an international episode, and we're expecting call-ins from uh, different contributors throughout the globe. So listen for that. Thanks to everybody for being here. Thanks as always to our listeners. And until next time, quest on everybody. This episode of Quest On Media's Margin Call was produced in Richmond, California.